It is time for yet another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing out there? I am so excited about this show. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on Noonan Zone, home of Southern Sports, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. And I am broadcasted on that fine radio station Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. And I've been on that radio station for about a year and a half. And we are hitting the ground running because football has officially started regular season games in high school football. We had the Corky Kell Classic, Dave Hunter Classic yesterday. Braves get the sweep over the New York Yankees as they get ready for a crucial three-game series with the San Francisco Giants, my San Francisco Giants, a team I grew up rooting for all my life. I'm always torn anytime the Giants play the Braves. And I'm wrapping up my NFL 32 teams in 32 days with the New England Patriots doing the Jets tomorrow, and then the Muskogee County High School Football Media Days with the Spencer Green Wave happening today. I've got a special guest on the show. It is Tampa's own Jay Resher, a host of a show called J&Z. You can catch it on 95.3 ESPN Radio in Tampa, Florida, as we are going to talk everything Tampa sports I'm excited to have him on the show. How about those Atlanta Braves? They get the 2-0 victory over the New York Yankees, and the Yankees are below 500 this late in the season for the first time since 1995. The Atlanta Braves have the best record in Major League Baseball. Charlie Morton gets the win with the four-hitter. The only two runs came in the bottom of the second inning when Eddie Rosario hit a two-run blast. The Braves will have a day off today, and they get ready for a three-game series with the San Francisco Giants, a team that is fighting for that wild-card spot. I am a San Francisco Giants fan. I'm always torn anytime my team, the San Francisco Giants, the team I grew up rooting for as a kid, the team that won three World Series titles in the early 2010s, And this team, that has played the Braves in the postseason a couple of times. I'm thinking of 2002 and then 2010, Bobby Cox's last game as manager. The San Francisco Giants, they're 10 back from the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers just won't stop winning. Another win, and they have won 10 straight. They really are trying to make things interesting for the Atlanta Braves. As we get into September baseball, we get the September call-ups. And do Braves fans care as much in September, especially when college football comes around? I hope they do because the Atlanta Braves are a great team. By the way, I'm not really one to give you the best Braves content. If you really love the Braves, you've got to check out my man Tyler Redman's podcast, I actually caught an episode of it on YouTube last night. It's called Braves on Deck with Tyler Redman, and you can catch it on YouTube. He had a great episode last night. Also, don't forget, you can catch Tyler Redman and Jack Patterson on the Prep Zone as the first episode will air this Friday. I'm going to be recording that and watching Sports Overtime with Jonathan Hoppy and Tony Reese. They all do a fantastic job putting together the high school football highlights 
as we try to prep for our weekly high school football show, myself and Thrift Behringer. That will air this Sunday night on Georgia Alabama Sports Live's Facebook and YouTube channel. You want to check it out. It is going to be great. Look, I don't have a lot of time on the show. I briefly touched up on it a couple of days ago. This whole Michael Orr situation is absolutely fascinating because it is a sports story that I just don't understand. I cannot imagine that Michael Orr basically knew about his conservatorship since February. For those of you that don't know what a conservatorship is, it is a legal proceeding where court it is a legal proceeding where a court strips the decision-making abilities from someone who is a minor or has a disability or someone who cannot make decisions on their own. Look, Michael Orr is 37 years old. Yes, he should have got paid from the blind side. There's now talks that the Tui family is stating that he shook them down for $15 million. Look, whether or not he was adopted or not, he was still part of the Tui family. He lived with them for a year, and I believe that the blind side is a very fictional version of the story. I don't think it's accurate. In fact, all this talk about Sandra Bullock giving back her Oscar, I mean, I was just trying to be funny a couple days ago. I can't believe that sports talk show hosts and people in the media are actually taking this seriously. Yes, she was deserving of the Oscar. Sorry that they have to go through all this. I'm hoping that they can reconcile and get back to a sense of medium. I know that they haven't talked to each other in a long time. But get ready. I don't want to make jokes at the situation. And yeah, I could have easily started the show saying that Michael Orr got blindsided. It's already been taken by many people in the media. All right, so when I prep for the show, I try to get on sportsreference.com. And they have a fascinating game called the Immaculate Grid. And they have it for every sport. And it is very tough. I'm having a hard time playing this game. You can only play it one time per day. Well, basically, it's a grid. You have teams on the top. And you have teams across. So an example is, let's say the Oakland Athletics are in the columns and the Texas Rangers is on the row. You got to pick a player that played for the A's and play for the Rangers. And then they have a column that says silver slugger or Cy Young winner or 3000 hits. And they have this for football and basketball. It's addicting. I'm not very good at it. I'm just going to come out and say, I am not very good at it, but that is something that I started playing on sportsreference.com and, it's kind of fun. All right, the latest top 25 rankings, according to ESPN Recruiting, for the top high schools in the country has been revealed. And we've got several teams in Georgia on this list. As Buford is ranked ninth, and they are the favorites to win the 7A state title with Dylan Riola at quarterback. And then you also have Carrollton ranked 22nd and Colquitt County ranked 23rd. My question is, where is Thompson? 
on this list. I thought that maybe Thompson would have broke the top 25. But the top five teams are Mater Day from California. That's where Bryce Young went to high school. Bishop Gorman out of Nevada. IMG Academy, who doesn't compete for a state title in Florida because they showcase their talent going to other schools in other states. Remember, Thompson is going to play IMG Academy week two. Remember, Central played IMG Academy last year. St. Francis out of Maryland. That is who Buford plays to start the season. And then St. John Bosco from California. I'm going to have a great show. I'm getting ready to talk high school football pretty much nonstop. All the local stuff to the Chattahoochee Valley that is coming up. But a big congratulations to Chattahoots outfielder, first baseman, Utility guy, he does it all. Connor O'Neill for winning the SBL Player of the Year. He had a fantastic season, led the SBL in home runs, and runs batted in. It was always exciting every time he went to the plate. Uh, the games that I helped call with Tom Callahan and Noah Shelton, I always had fun watching Connor O'Neill step up to the plate because he was a threat to hit it out of the ballpark just about every time. And pitchers knew that. And that's why Connor O'Neill was fascinating. All right, so what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and take a break. We're going to go pay some bills. And when we come back, I'm going to have 95.3's Jay Resher out of Tampa, Florida. He's got a show on WDAE. In Tampa from 12 to 3. It's called J and Z, and you can also catch it on iHeartRadio. So stick around. We will be right back. You don't want to go anywhere. It's a sports beat with Richard Holdridge. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home, offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Find. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Noonan. 770-954-9941. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Fridays, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. <sighs> Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tune in each Sunday morning right here on WQEE 99.1 FM for the key for help from a high. 
with Bishop Daniel Hardaway Sr. of Redemptive Life Worship Center at 9 a.m. Hear the Word of God and soak it in. You can join us for our live Sunday service at 10 o'clock a.m. till 12.30 p.m. at Redemptive Life Worship Center at 2265 Highway 54 in Marlin, Georgia. Have a blessed week. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am your host, Richard Holdridge. It's not every day that I get a guest on who has an appeal outside of Georgia. He is a wildly popular sports talk show host in the Tampa market. You can catch him on 95.3 ESPN Radio in Tampa, Florida. He is a host of a show called J and Z, you can catch him on iHeartRadio from 12 to 3. Please welcome to the show, Jay Retcher. First of all, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, you got it, man. Thank you for having me. Before we get started, just tell us a little bit about your broadcasting background. When did you get your start, and how long have you been doing broadcasting? Well, I mean, it started. I grew up in uh, New York, Long Island, and I uh, moved down to the Tampa Bay area when I was 20. Uh, with a couple of friends of mine and uh ironically enough two three weeks later they all moved back left me down here by myself uh, i became a baseball coach did that for about eight years and then i heard uh and i heard a, a commercial on ironically enough the station i work on right now wdae and there was an, a thing for broadcasting school and i went and i just fell in love and i just knew that it just man that had to be what i was going to do for my life i got this like fire burning in my stomach i just knew that this was kind of the next step in uh, this crazy journey called life and uh started as an intern and then they didn't have anything for me after my internship after a couple of years this was in 2014 and after kind of being on the sideline for like uh, i'd say two or three weeks they said hey we got a part-time uh, job available on the weekend said, yeah, let's do it. So started working on the weekends part-time, doing some field reporting, going to lightning games and Bucks games and Rays games and University of South Florida football games and Tampa Bay Rowdy soccer games. And that just kind of worked my way up. Executive producer, produce, you know, uh, assistant program director, and then now hosting for almost three years now. So uh, definitely worn a lot of different hats for the radio station. And uh, yeah, just uh, continuing to do what I love every day. Very grateful, blessed, and honored to uh, do what I do day to day. Well, Jay, you keep yourself busy. I've been seeing your posts on social media. We got Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp. I know there's oh, yeah. a lot of buzz going on in Tampa because this is the first year in three years where there's no Tom Brady on the sidelines. I mean, what is the buzz about the Buccaneers? I read an article that that on your uh, radio station talking about this quarterback battle between Kyle Trash and Baker Mayfield. Uh, what's that vibe like down in, in Buccaneers camp? Yeah, it's pretty wild to see kind of uh, life before, during, and after Tom Brady. Because, uh, uh, you know, having Jameis Winston here for uh, four or five years, uh, it was definitely, you know, exciting because he was the number one overall pick out of Florida State. And then you bring in Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. And you just see the level of everybody, even the staff. It wasn't even just the players, the staff, the coaching, uh, the front office, even like the, the trainers, the ball boys and girls. And everybody just knew like they were on their P's and Q's, like the, the goat is here. And everybody has to make sure that they're performing at an optimal level to make sure that you're, you're, you're performing at a championship level every single day of practice. 
Uh, it's different now with Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. It's a competition, I think, in name only. A lot of people thought that once Baker signed with the Buccaneers that he was going to be the guy that was going to get the reps week one. It hasn't been made official yet by head coach Todd Bowles, but we all think that you're going to go into the season with the veteran, and if eventually you turn the keys over to Kyle Trask, at some point, uh, he'll be ready to go. He's been much better in, in training camp than a lot of people thought. People thought that there was going to be a large gap, but offensive coordinator Dave Canales told us just a couple of weeks ago that absolutely, those are his words, absolutely the gap has tightened between Baker and Kyle Trask. So, of course, you know, big SEC, obviously, with, uh, with a lot of Gator fans in the Tampa Bay area, so they've been following Kyle Trask's career for a long time. A lot of Buccaneers fans, they know that it's going to be a little bit of a step back or a lot of step back, you know, going from Tom Brady to either one of these guys. But with a new offensive coordinator, a more dedicated running attack, uh, maybe a little bit more of a consistent offensive line, at least on the left side, uh, with Tristan, we're switching over there from Donovan Smith, who was definitely a public enemy number one when it came to what was wrong with the offensive line the last couple of years. I still think there is optimism. Just because, you know, there's a lot of changes, but also because the division isn't the strongest either. Jay, being in the Tampa Bay area, the Tampa St. Pete area, there's a lot of passionate fan bases. But in your opinion, out of all the professional sports teams in the Tampa Bay market, which has the most passionate fans? Hmm, that, I, I like how you phrase that question. I, I think the biggest fan base is, is definitely the Buccaneers because football is still king down here. But I think passionate, I think I'm going to go with the Lightning. Uh, you would never think, you know, 20, 25 years ago that hockey in Florida would be a thing. And now you look at it. I mean, the Florida Panthers made it to the final last year against the Vegas Golden Knights. And then before that, the Lightning won two of the previous three Stanley Cup finals. And to just see how hockey has really taken over the Tampa Bay area, uh, it's incredible. They have the longest sellout streak in professional sports, I believe, right now, uh, over 300. Uh, just going to a game, when you when you watch the Lightning on the ice at Emily Arena, it's not even so much about the team. It's not so much about the player. It's just the experience. And you have fans that aren't even really big into hockey, but they go to Emily Arena and they walk out there, and they're certainly a Lightning fan. So biggest fan base, of course, you know, again, football's king is going to be the Buccaneers. Passion, I'll go with the Bolts. Jay, it seemed like three years ago – Tampa was the center of the sports universe. The Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. The Tampa Bay's the Tampa Bay Rays went to the World Series but lost to the Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. Yes, it was 2020, it was the COVID year and the fan base was limited, a social distancing, but I know that it had to have been big for the city. I know we were in a pandemic and fans couldn't enjoy it as as much as they could. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers parade was on boats in in the bay i mean uh, what was the vibe like it would have would have been different if there wasn't a pandemic would it be more just excitement for for these teams that were on fire that year yeah i i in a weird way i think we probably in the tampa area had one of the best kind of experiences coming out of the you know during and actually towards the tail end of the pandemic. And I know it's, I don't want to make light of it. And I know there was a lot of people that went through a lot of tough and excruciating times and it wasn't great for a lot of people, but we were very fortunate here in the Tampa Bay area. I was fortunate to be at those boat parades. I was on the, one of the, the floats for the two lightning parades and then the Bucks parade and, and just to be around those guys. And I was actually at Raymond James stadium for the Super Bowl. I was at Amelie arena for these, uh, for the Stanley cup. I was at, 
Raymond James saying for the WrestleMania, we have WrestleMania too. So there was a lot of things going on in the Tampa Bay area and social distance. Everybody was outside. It was different, obviously, government wise down here in the in Florida. Uh, but man, I, I don't look at it as like we missed out on anything. If anything, I think it helped give people just kind of that normalcy once again, because we were stuck inside and we weren't living our lives day to day like we were used to it. So I think sports and we see this across so many different uh, avenues over the over over the years is that sports kind of got things back to normal. And I think the fans enjoyed it and it gave them a little bit of an escape from the realities that we were all facing around the world. Jay, I do want to talk about South Florida football because South Florida, the Bulls, they play in Raymond James Stadium. They are in the American Conference. I remember back in 2007 where at one time they were ranked second. Yeah. And, you know, they got a big game against Alabama at Raymond James Stadium this year. Uh, what is the buzz about South Florida football? I, I know that it's more of a Buccaneers town, but do you have your South Florida fans? I know that you were the play-by-play announcer for the South Florida Bulls. I mean, what is that atmosphere like? So they certainly are uh, one of the more like a younger football programs. So they still don't have the type of tradition as you would see from in Alabama and Auburn or Georgia, or University of Florida, any of the big schools from the SEC uh, it's been a tough putt. I mean, you're looking at one of the worst teams in college football last year, not just worst teams in the conference, not just, you know, uh, one of the worst teams like locally, like one of the worst teams in all of the United States. And hopefully with Alex Golish, uh, the new head coach there, who was the OC last year in Tennessee, and we saw how good Tennessee was last year with Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt and that dynamic volunteers offense, bringing him over to USF. I mean, it's excited some people, but Listen, we had Jeff Scott here a couple of years ago, too, and he was the right-hand man for Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. So there's still people that are wondering, like, is this kind of just the same old thing, bringing over the hot young coordinator and he's going to come here and not really make a big difference. So they really jumped into the transfer portal. They're bringing over a ton of new players on both sides of the football. We're still kind of waiting to see if Byron Brown's going to be the quarterback or Gary Bohannon, the guy that came from Baylor last year. Uh, so I don't think anybody is under the illusion that the USF Bulls have much of a chance going against the Alabama Crimson Tide, but it will be interesting to see those two teams match up at Raymond James Stadium. And that is the big draw for a lot of these college teams that do come play USF, not because necessarily right now they're going to face the stiffest competition, but it means something to these college athletes to be able to play in an NFL stadium. So uh, we'll see. You never know. That's why you got it. That's the great thing about sports, though, Richard. Uh, you know, you got to go out there and play the game. And even if it's closer than we thought, maybe that's something that Alex Golish and his crew can kind of use to catapult USF into a, a, you know, an improved season. Jay, I want to talk about South Florida men's basketball because you've got a great coach coming to Tampa, the former Kennesaw State head basketball coach, Amir Abdurrahim, who led the Kennesaw Owls to an NCAA tournament berth, almost beat Xavier. They had a 13-point lead in that first-round tournament. He was one of the hottest coaches, and I'm a big Kennesaw State fan. Hate to see him leave, but you're getting a great coach down in South Florida coaching the men's basketball team in the American Conference. and. And I can't wait to this basketball season. I'm interested to see what he does. Yeah, I am too. And we are very fortunate. I think it was the day after uh, he was hired by USF. We had him on our program and just an awesome dude. And we've seen what he's done in the past, taking programs that maybe weren't too hot and really were on the downslope 
and really turned things around and made a big impact. And we're hoping that he can do the same thing with USF. Uh, Brian Gregory battling uh, for the men's basketball team the last couple of years, but just could not get that team over the hump. There's so much talent, whether it's in the Tampa Bay area or in the Sunshine State. And he wasn't able to really find the success that USF needs. I mean, those are the two moneymakers, man. When you look at football and men's basketball, like if you really want to make a change with your athletic department, those teams year in, year out have to be competitive. And in direct comparison, USF perennially has one of the best women's basketball team. They're a top 25, top 30 team every single year. Coach Jose Fernandez does such a fantastic job. So you could do it on the women's side. Got to be able to do it on the men's side. If football and men's basketball turn that corner with uh, Coach Golos and Coach Abdul Rahim, yeah, athletics could be looking a lot different. And maybe we can add those two teams to Champa Bay here in the Tampa Bay area. I like that. Champa Bay. Let's talk about the other sports in Tampa that don't get a whole lot of recognition. I know you mentioned about the Tampa Bay Rowdies. You also have the Tampa Bay Strikers in the NISL. But what's the basketball scene like? I mean, are the basketball fans in Tampa just Orlando Magic fans? Or or is there like a G League team? Or, you know, I'm just curious to see, like, what, what are the basketball fans doing in Tampa? You know, it's funny that you asked that because me growing up in New York, uh, born and raised a big time New York Knicks fan. Um, they're that one team, like, if they win I'll, a championship, I'm definitely going to shed a tear. Like, that's just a team that I share with my dad and my brother and my entire family. Uh, but we did have basketball down here during the pandemic. The Toronto Raptors actually came down and played at Amelie Arena because of the heavy restrictions north of the border. So that really was, I think, a little bit of a trial run of, like, how interested are people going to be in the NBA? And it was not well attended. It just did not really catch on. And there is a little – and people will look on the outside looking in going, man, Tampa and Orlando um, – yeah, there's got to be some kind of crossover. It doesn't seem that they're that far from each other. But there are, I would say, Rays fans and Buccaneers fans and maybe to an extent Lightning fans out there in Orlando. But there's not as many Tampa fans or there's not many Orlando fans that live here. I don't know many people that are really Magic fans. There really is a, a disconnect there. So basketball, even though it's a, one of my favorite sports and I love to watch it, uh, it's not as popular here in the 813. Jay, the Tampa Bay Rays, I know they're battling with the Baltimore Orioles for the top spot in the American League East. It's going to look like the Rays are going to make the playoffs whether or not they win the division. But right now they're playing uh, my San Francisco Giants at uh, Tropicana Field. And and uh, you don't get that matchup very often. But what is the attendance like at Tropicana Field? I know that when the Braves play, that place is packed. But is the fan base growing for the Tampa Bay Rays because they are winning? Yeah, I think it, it's – we've seen routinely over the last couple of years, you've seen attendance as low as like the six, seven, eight thousand. But pretty much this year it's done it, – we've seen like 11,000 be kind of like the low end. So we've seen about 3,000 more fans on average than we've seen in years past with some in the high teens, some in the 20s. Uh, this is a very transient type of town. There's a lot of people that come from all, all over the country to live in the Tampa Bay area. So you'll get some of the bigger market teams. Like anytime a Chicago team is here, it's packed. Yankees packed, Red Sox packed. And then the interleague matchups like Philly, there was a ton of Phillies fans, a ton of Braves fans. And I think there's a couple of things that coincide with that. Like a lot of their games are at 640 this year. So fans don't have to worry so much about being there as late. And if the Majority of the fan base comes from Tampa. You don't have to worry about driving over the bridge to St. Pete all the time. 
And also the new rules in baseball speeding the game up. So now you got fans being over with the game before 9 p.m. on a weekday. So it makes it a lot more palatable for people to be able to go there. Of course, the team won, I think, the first 13 games of the year. So that helps as well. One of the more exciting teams. So I always say with the Rays, it's not always the quality of the issues, why the attendance is down. I think it's the quantity of issues. There's always a little thing. And then it's the Tampa area. A lot of people travel and they go away during the summer months. There's a lot more things to do, you know, when you live here. So it's the quantity of issues, not so much the uh, the quality. But it's been a lot better this year than it has been in the years past. Jay, you get to do sports talk radio five days a week for three hours. Uh, I wish I had your job. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what goes in? It seems like it's a team effort. You have a co-host. You have producers. Typically, what goes into a general day for you having to get ready to talk sports for three hours on an ESPN radio affiliate, a wildly popular station at a great, a great time slot right there from noon to three? Yeah, we're very blessed because we are uh, an iHeart Media radio station with the ESPN radio affiliate. We have Premier as well. So we have great relationships with everybody interspersed. Uh, and we have such great partners uh, that we're able to be able to bring on different guests and be able to broadcast different types of games, whether it's all-star games, World Series, uh, things like that. But to me, it's a 24-7 job. It really is. It's not something that we just focus on the hour before we go on air. That's how sports is. Breaking news can happen at any time. We're going through the Wander Franco situation right now with the Rays, and that's something that we're – Constantly perusing social media and keeping our eye out for new information so we can disseminate uh, that info to our fans, our listeners here in the Tampa Bay area. I get to work around 8.15, 8.20 every day. I want to get there at least three hours before the show so we have plenty of time to be able to go through any of the topics. We plan it out segment by segment, but also with the caveat knowing that if breaking news happens, that takes precedent over anything. That's the great thing about live radio. You can plan it. Uh, but then the world says, yeah, that's great. I'm glad you have a plan. This is more important. This is what people want to know about. Um, so it's really just about listening to your audience, what they you, you're servicing them. You want to talk about things that are entertaining and informative to them. Uh, but it's a joy. It's a blessing, man. I've worked a lot of jobs over the years. Um, truly blessed and truly grateful for the job that I have. Um, but every single day I work hard to make sure that Today's show is better than yesterday. I'm going to do the same thing tomorrow. So that's kind of my mindset is making sure we're looking at every single different angle of these big sports stories and, uh, you know, putting everything we have into giving entertaining content, but also researching it and uh, making people feel like they're part of the show. People want to feel like you're talking with them, not at them. And Jay, of course, I have the liberty of, of listening to your show, and you're very talented, very passionate of what you do, and uh, just keep up the good work. And you know, before I let you get out of here, just tell all my listeners where they can listen to your show and uh, if they could follow you on social media. Yeah, follow me on social media at Jay Retcher, J-A-Y-R-E-C-H-E-R, nine letters. Uh, I was able to get it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that jazz. So you can follow me on there, Snapchat, TikTok. Uh, maybe not Snapchat. I'm not really on that one. TikTok, but TikTok uh, threads, that's the new one. Uh, so yeah, TikTok threads, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
but yeah, every day, noon to three Eastern Standard Time, you can download that free iHeartRadio app, which is great. So even if you know, and you're in the Tampa Bay area or you're not, you could download it. We podcast the entire show. We podcast all of our big interviews. Um, I have my own podcast that is going to be coming out soon. Uh, so yeah, that's the great thing about the iHeartRadio app. You can listen pretty much anywhere in the world. And uh, yeah, you could talk sports. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. And uh, my co-host, Zach Blobner, and I have a blast every day from noon to three. All right, Jay, appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and coming on my show. It was fun. Would love to have you back on. And uh, it's been great just getting to know about Tampa sports. And really, you're having a lot of fun down there and, and your teams are great. And uh, best of luck to all the Tampa teams uh, this year. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, anytime. Just let me know, buddy. Uh, would love to join you again. All right. That was Jay Rusher. He is a host of a sports show, J and Z. You can listen to him on 95.3 ESPN Radio down in Tampa from 12 to 3 and also on the iHeartRadio app. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break. You don't want to go anywhere. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Suite A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in, take out, it's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern. You'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. We are back here on the show, and I've got two teams left. It's time for my NFL 32 teams in 32 days. And today, I'm talking about the New England Patriots. Yes, the same New England Patriots team coached by Bill Belichick since the year 2000. The dynasty for 20 years. We all remember the six Super Bowl championships by the New England Patriots. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, the perfect marriage, the perfect dynasty. Tom Brady has not been there for now four seasons. We're now entering the fourth season for the Patriots without Tom Brady. Here's what I'm going to do. I am going to recap last season. I'm going to go over the depth chart, and I'm going to make a prediction. Tomorrow's show, I'm going to have Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Should be a lot of fun. And There's a lot of uncertainty when you're making a prediction show. You just don't know until you start playing regular season games because I don't look into preseason games anymore because some of the teams don't even play all their first-string players. 
What is the identity of the New England Patriots without Tom Brady? It's Bill Belichick. It's a stout defense. It's the Patriot way. They don't beat themselves. But without Tom Brady, can Mac Jones be elevated? Well, he regressed last year because Matt Patricia was the offensive coordinator, and he's really a defensive coordinator. But they have a familiar face. The former Alabama offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, is taking over as the offensive coordinator, and that could be good news for Mac Jones. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Ezekiel Elliott signing. I know that Ezekiel is past his prime, and it looks like the Patriots reached by getting a player that really did not do much for the Cowboys last year. So they went 8-9 and nine last year. Their offense regressed. Their defense is still solid. But I think that the Patriots' glue that held them together for 20 years was their offensive line. When they lost Dante Scarnecki to retirement, made a little bit of a difference. Here's what the Patriots have done in the last three years without Tom Brady. 7-9, and 10-7, early playoff exit, and 8-9. and nine. I don't know if this team will ever win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. That's just the honest truth. And yes, Bill Belichick is a Hall of Fame coach. Could be one of the greatest coaches of all time in the NFL. I also think that the New England Patriots are missing their offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniel. He's now coaching with the Las Vegas Raiders. But mark my words, if it doesn't work out in Vegas, there's a possibility that Josh McDaniel could come back as the offensive coordinator once again. I mean, look at Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, Bill O'Brien. They're all coming back to New England because they want to coach under Bill Belichick. I don't know what the secret sauce is in New England, but they have a much tougher division. The AFC East... Back when Tom Brady was owning this division, the Bills weren't this good, the Dolphins weren't this good, and now you got Aaron Rodgers on the Jets. This is a brutal division for the New England Patriots. I want to talk about Mac Jones as the starter because in his first season when the Patriots made the playoffs, not too bad, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 67 completion percentage. Year two, the completion percentage dropped off was 6-8 and eight as a starter, 14 touchdowns, and 11 picks. Hopefully, Bill O'Brien coming in as the offensive coordinator will help Mac Jones continue to improve. So let's go over the depth chart. We already talked about Mac Jones as the starter. Also, Bailey Zappay is the backup. He came in in a backup role last year. He wasn't terrible. Their starting running back is Ramondre Stevenson the leading rusher from last year. So Ezekiel Elliott is going to be the backup. They also have Ty Montgomery from the New Orleans Saints. Those players that were part of the Patriot way, like James White, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, those days are over. They don't have players like that. Malcolm Mitchell, who really has been a one-hit wonder, he pretty much won that Super Bowl for the Patriots when they beat the Falcons. you got to understand, they have special players that play the Patriot way. I'm not sure if they have that type of players anymore. They're wide receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, come on. You really look at him as a Patriot? 
He's TikToking when he's in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he had a good season with Patrick Mahomes last year. You got Devontae Parker. Decent wide receiver with Miami. They never had a deep threat. And the last deep threat that the Patriots had was Randy Moss. Yes, they did have Brandon Cooks for a little bit. He's the number two receiver. Tyquan Thornton is the other wide receiver. They also have Kendrick Bourne, the former San Francisco 49er. Matthew Slater, probably one of the best special teams players of all time. He's going to be a Hall of Famer in special teams. Their offensive line is decent, but I just don't know without Dante Scarnecki. You got Trent Brown, Cole Strange, David Andrews, Michael Winu, and Riley Reef. And their tight ends are Hunter Henry and Mike Gesecki. That's actually a pretty good pickup from the Miami Dolphins. The Patriots' strength, even when they had Tom Brady and they were putting up offensive numbers, like in 2008 when they were putting up the video game numbers, their strength has always been their defense. You look at this team, Dietrich Wise, Lawrence Guy, these players have been on the Patriots for over a decade. I remember these were Super Bowl players that helped win multiple Super Bowls for the New England Patriots. Davon Godshaw and Matthew Judon. Matthew Judon's actually their best edge rusher. Their linebackers, Jawan Bentley, Jaleel Tavile, the secondary, Christian Gonzalez, Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips, Jack Jones, and Jonathan Jones. Some notables that are no longer on the Patriots, Devin McCurdy as he retired. Donta Hightower, the linebacker, also retired. So let's predict the 2023 season for the New England Patriots. Keep in mind, that this is a Bill Belichick coach team. They don't beat themselves. There are going to be some wins in there that you look on paper, oh yeah, that team is much better than the Patriots. But the Patriot way is still the philosophy of the organization. They open September 10th in Foxborough, hosting the defending NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles. That is probably going to be the CBS game of the week with Jim Nance and Tony Romo. I cannot wait for that. That's going to be a fun game. Rematch of the last Super Bowl that the Eagles won. I'm going to say because it is week one, and I did pick the Eagles to win this game. It's going to be a very close game. So the Patriots are going to lose that game at home. And then they're hosting the Miami Dolphins on Sunday night football. I believe I had the Patriots winning this game because it is a home game. And then they take on the New York Jets. I think the Patriots win. The Patriots have owned the Jets. Bill Belichick is going to try to find a way to figure out Aaron Rodgers. I think the Jets are very talented, but the Jets are going to be shaky to start the season because Aaron Rodgers is not going to be on rhythm with his team. And he's got a young team with young, skilled players. Okay, I got them losing to the Cowboys. I got them beating the Saints, so 3-2. and two. I see them beating the Raiders, losing to the Bills, losing to the Dolphins, beating the Commanders and Colts. That's going to be an easy two-game stretch. I got them beating the Giants, losing to the Chargers, losing to the Steelers, losing to the Chiefs at home, another home loss, losing to the Broncos, losing to the Bills, and then that final game of the season. Can Aaron Rodgers get it together and push the Jets in the playoffs? I think he can. 
Unfortunately for the New England Patriots, I've got them finishing 7-10. and 10. Look, they got a brutal schedule. There are some wins in there, like against the New York Jets, that the Patriots will figure out a way to win. I think they will figure out a way to beat the Raiders after that revenge game from last year. And Oddly enough, Jacoby Myers is now on the Raiders. But yeah, that's my NFL 32 teams in 32 days. The New England Patriots got one more left. Tomorrow, it's the New York Jets. You know, they're featured on Hard Knocks. And you have Aaron Rodgers. And now they have Dalvin Cook. And I am looking forward to watching the New York Jets this year. They got a lot of primetime games. It's going to be a lot of fun. They also have the longest postseason drought of any team in the NFL. All right, so here's what we're going to do now. We're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to have Muskogee County High School Football Media Days, the final team that took the podium. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, I've been playing a school a day. We finally got the Spencer Green Wave and their head football coach, Joseph Kegler. You don't want to go anywhere. It's a sports beat. We'll be right back. Help protect your family from flu this season by taking three easy steps. First, get yourself and your family a flu shot. It's quick and can protect you all season. Second, take everyday actions to help prevent the spread of germs like flu. Cover your cough, stay home from work or school if you're sick, and wash your hands often. Third, there are drugs that can treat flu illness. These work best when started early. Learn more at cdc.gov slash fight flu. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh, right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy. Because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Mm, good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. It is time for Muskogee County High School Football Media Days, and the final team taking the podium is the Spencer Green Wave. After a historic season last year under second-year coach Joe Kegler, he is entering his third season. The Spencer Green Wave won their region championship for the first time in school history under the GHSA, and they are looking to have a great season. They got a third-year starter in Gary Gaithier coming back at quarterback. And the Spencer Green Wave will open up the regular season this Friday, taking on the Greenville Patriots down at Otis Spencer Stadium. Let's hear from Spencer. Been around a few different programs, obviously, with the ups and the downs. Of course, you know, region champion, and then, of course, taking over a program in the county. How about your growth? Your development as a head coach. Uh, well, I wasn't a head coach in Stewart County, but I was. It was good to see get back on the ground floor. Uh, just getting back to work and you know seeing the other side of things because I had always been in a you know quote unquote successful program. So it was kind of humbling to see it from the other side and just you know makes you appreciate the other things more and more each time. Coach, you had a tremendous year last year, winning a region championship, and we talked about how. That was awesome, but you want to make it to the state championship. What are some of the things you did this offseason getting you ready for hopefully should be another great year? We're just working on consistency. I think Coach Orpesa said it earlier. It's, uh, it's great to start success, but we want to sustain success. You know, We're not just trying to build a team. We're trying to build a program. And you know, We took a step towards building that program, and we're just trying to keep moving forward with that. 
Coach, you finally got to play home games at Otis Spencer Stadium right near the campus. How important was that to have the fan base out there supporting the Spencer Green Wave in your home stadium? In our home stadium? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just, you know, it's a great experience. Uh, you know, it's a wonderful stadium. We're excited to be there. And, you know, every time we can get those lights to blink and you know, get the crowd moving, you know, we're excited and our kids are excited for that. We're just trying to move on the lessons that he left with some of the younger guys, the hard work and you know, the intensity that he brought to practice in the games. And we're trying to use those lessons to move forward and kind of pistol that down through the rest of the guys. Coach, talk about yourself, how the continuity that y'all had since you've been at Spencer. Uh, we've been fortunate for the majority of us to be together the whole time. It's our third year. Uh, we brought a new a couple new coaches in this year, but you know, we kind of hit the ground running and, you know, we're like a, you know, a family off the field, family on the field. So we kind of enjoy being around each other after practice as well. So, you know, to me, that continuity and that relationship we have off the field is just as important because it filters down to the kids, with that family environment we're trying to build. Uh, to my right, I have Gary Gaither, our quarterback on offense, uh, region offensive player of the year. To my left, I have Dre Duncan, who's our quarterback on defense, uh, not only are they great players and great people, they're also above three, four students, which is more impressive to me because they're going to be able to do something once they graduate, which is go for all my players. Uh, last year, early on, I don't think we knew we could win. So we're kind of, we kind of have some confidence that, you know, now we're starting to expect to win. We're not just hoping to win. To me, that's a huge difference. When you go in the game and you expect to play well, you expect to win, it's different than, it's a different than when I hope to win. All right, Dre Duncan, class 2024, defensive back. Honestly, to win the region again, you know, beat Carver and going farther in the playoffs. Just going farther in the playoffs. How much does last year you know, help you guys with your confidence? Honestly, it helps a lot because, you know, everyone didn't think that Spencer would do what they did last year. And honestly, I don't think we're going to do it this year because we lost a lot of seniors, but at the same time, we're just going to show them that we're still going to compete. Talk about what it means to be the senior leader on defense. You got this offensive leader, and you're the senior leader on defense. What, what does that mean to you? Uh, I'm being honest. I'm still trying to learn how to be more of a leader on defense. Really vocal because I can show it on the field, but I really just haven't heard talk to my guys. Dre, what does it mean to be a Spencer Greenwave? It means a lot. We got so much. Like we got so much love, and it just means a lot to be a Spencer Greenwave. We got so much. We got a lot of people showing us love. Gary Gates, quarterback, fast 2024. Gary, you come back in as leader of the team, man. Just kind of, what do you really hope to incorporate this season? I just feel like if everybody buy in, we'll be a state championship team, and everybody just keep working out, come to practice, being consistent. We'll be, we'll do something good. Gary, you had two successful seasons this year. What is each thing for you? Or is your growth and your development? Uh, this year, I just. I just gotta now. I gotta act like a college quarterback because I want to get to the next level. So now I just gotta practice and take everything more serious. Talk about your relationship with Coach Kegler and how he's put you in a position to be a phenomenal quarterback and allowing you to use all those great skill sets that you have. Well, Coach Keg, he the one told me I was going to be a quarterback. I didn't really know I was going to be a quarterback, but Coach Keg told me that I was going to be a quarterback. So that's just a big thing for me, and he talked to me every day about what I got to do to get better, how I'm going to get to the next level. How is being a leader in basketball helped you? See, being a leader in basketball, 
because basketball, that's a sport I love. So it's like, like I wanted to do more in basketball. So that just transferred over to football because now I want to do more and be a state championship team. So I got to lead by example and I got to talk. On that final game of the season when you guys beat Ace Charter at Otis Spencer Stadium, what was that feeling like winning the first region championship in, in Spencer history? And what did it really mean to you and, and your family and the community of Spencer? That felt good. Like when um reason I ain't like I ain't gonna lie, I never thought uh we'll win coming in as my at my freshman year. But Coach Kid came in and he put that to us like we can be good and winning it is just that was just a step to getting where we where we wanna be. He was arguably one of your favorite targets, Tyson. Kinda of how you really build the core in that relationship Well, I wanna say Tyson was my favorite target. It was just an easier target. Um but I got I got uh I got more talking this year and they're just as good as Tyson, maybe better. And I just like build a relationship with all of them. Coach, Coach mentioned earlier that last year, you know, you guys might not be sure that you could win. Eric, this year you know that is a possibility, you know that it can happen. How much does that help you? Um, knowing that we can win it just made me do make me do more because I know that we can take that step and win the state championship. So I just want to do more and tell everybody, like, just get into everybody else's mindset. Like, we really can win. Important It's important to me, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just a thing. But I ain't really worried about Carver right now. I'm worried about state championship. Carver just a, a bump in the road. You just got to get over it. Gary, you have a lot of teams in your region. There's only four make the playoffs. How important is it to have a good show? And I know you guys were undefeated in region play, but you have some incredible teams in your region like Southwest, Northeast, Ace Charter. How important is it to get these region games? Um, that's very important because that's defined your spot in the state playoffs. And I feel like if we win every game again this year, we're going to go to the state championship. What kind of personal goals do you have for yourself? Um, this year, I just want to. Personal goal. I ain't even got no personal goals for real, for real. I just, I just want to be successful at what I do. Coach talks about you being the leader. Who we talk about just man. What do you really hope to improve in the younger guys? Just leave your mark. Well, I just, well, I got um a freshman quarterback coming in. I just want him to know like. It ain't you ain't all you ain't got to be good at all times, but it's okay to mess up, and I just gotta start out at him because I I used to get mad at myself when I mess up, and that made me mess up even more. So I just gotta tell him it's okay to mess up. You know what I'm saying? Just try your best next next play. Thank When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill with varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers. The worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs? and the journeys of those that sing them? Well, 
Each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Crispin. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Crispin. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, home of Southern Sports and Talk, Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times bestselling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel, the heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade, The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Calvary Sonoy Fellowship is an expository Bible teaching church where we study the Word of God line by line and we apply it life by life. We're here every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock on WQEE and we look forward to having you join us. Our church offices are located in Sonoy, Georgia, 6855 East Highway 16, Suite 102, Sonoy, Georgia. If you'd like to call us, our number is 770-755. 8243. Or you can reach me, I'm Pastor Bob, at bob at calvarysenoy.org, S-E-N-O-I-A. You also can go to our website at www.calvarysenoy.org. You can reach our YouTube channel there, as well as our Facebook page. Join us at 10 o'clock right here on WQEE. Thank you for listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a a five-day-a-week show that's aired 2 to 3 on WQEE Monday through Friday, and it covers local sports to the Chattahoochee Valley. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can message me on my Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and I hope you have a blessed day.